time for Love Talk with the love ladies, Ellen and Carrie, with their special guest, Carol Everett. Love talking today about the women of the word, love and life. Thank you, Gavin. This is Evelyn Davison. We are in the studio of the beautiful station, The Bridge, and we're broadcasting worldwide, and we're thrilled today because we have some, we have some very special guests, but I am especially grateful that we have our Miss Carrie Bell. Hi, Miss Evelyn. Oh, friends, I have missed you so much. I've been gallivanting around, and I have missed <laughs> my, my girl. Word is, where have you been gallivanting? gallivanting? I've never understood what that meant. Well, uh, you know, we can make it whatever we want to, Miss Evelyn, but today it's going to mean I've been having a good time um, with my family and uh, just getting back into the swing of things. February was unexpectedly, and March was unexpectedly a very, very busy month for me, but I am back, and I guess I've had, I don't know, maybe three weeks without you gals, so super happy to be back in studio today here at the Bridge, Austin. Miss Evelyn, we have just been in this series about women, and I cannot tell you what an impact it has had on my life to really get into the scriptures and look at the women that God used in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and really discover how he just loves women and that Jesus was really the first feminist. And um, i got to tell you about a conversation. My husband's stepmom is very vocal, and she's just a precious, precious woman. Um, And we got into a very – she's not afraid to debate and I love that about her. And uh, we always seem to debate things um, in a in a very uh, positive way. We mm-hmm. can we can agree to disagree on things, but we can also really listen to one another's perspectives. And we got in a in a in a debate, I guess, a uh, discussion mm-hmm. over feminism and how we. She goes, I know you don't like that word, and I was like, No, 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 no. I do like that word. I just don't like the way our world today has polluted and distorted mm-hmm. that word because Jesus was the first feminist in so many senses of the word. And so we have to have a great conversation about that. And listeners, I would encourage you to go to our archives. Uh, We've been working, Kathy's husband, Eric, has been working so hard to get everything up to date in our archives, Love Talk Network. And it's just, if you go there, you can find all of our past shows. And I would encourage you to be empowered um, by the words that that have come through over the airwaves over the last few weeks, Miss Evelyn. It's been great. Well, what have you been up to? Uh, Politicking. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's what you'd call it, but uh, it is the time of the year when we get the kickoff at the Capitol for uh, the legislative session and the, the all the bills that are coming up and trying to stay you know, on top of that. But more than important, as important as that is National Day of Prayer, mm-hmm. and we are working really hard on that. We've got the former astronaut Charlie Duke uh, and his wife Dottie are going to be with us. Originally, we had Ann Graham Lotz up scheduled, but as you know, because we prayed for her so long. She um, came down with cancer, and she's now in remission, they say, but not strong enough to do, you know, what we need it's her to do. It's a tough recovery. Right. You know. And I've been there, and I know what that is. So we have just prayed for her, and we're excited about what's coming up. We're going to have a great big event in Pflugerville, Texas, 
uh, with the pastors and uh, going to have Chick-fil-A feed the early riser, the early arrivers. Uh, you know, you can't feed all night, so we have to set a date on that. But there are a lot of really, I know in, in Georgetown, you all have a big event. Y'all have about 1,200 people up there with the different things. So that's been a big job uh, and just trying to keep, you know, uh, my head in the, out of the clouds and on the ground where we're walking right now because this is the time of year that so many decisions are made. And yeah. so we just really want to know, let people know that the Lord is in control and he has got the push button to bring up our joy and our peace and our power as women or men if we stand with him and stand under the banner of the cross. Well, as you've been impacting lives here locally, Miss Evelyn in Austin, I was blessed to be able to go with my family and about 30 others down to Matamoros, Mexico a couple of weeks ago. We go down to a children's home there called Casa de Hogar, and it's a it's run by a man named Dr. Saul Camacho and his wife Maria, and they're precious, precious people. They actually both grew up in the children's home there, mm-hmm. and uh he went on to medical school, and when he was about 25 years old, he was offered the position to take over the children's home and run the children's home. And he was like, "No, I'm going to make money. I'm going to, I'm going to have a big house. I'm going to take care of my family." And the Lord had other plans for him. And now, the way this children's home works in in um, in Matamoros is that Dr. Camacho and his wife they legally adopt every single child that comes to live in the children's home and right now they have about 120 uh, kids and they can they can hold up to about 250 they'll be getting about 30 more uh legally um at the end of this year, at mm-hmm. the end of this summer. And so what we do when we go down there is we work and we work and we work and we work. We build houses. Mm-hmm. We uh, redo houses. The termites down there are bigger and badder than anything <laughs> you have ever seen here in Texas. And um, they just eat away anything that's wood. And so we take off the wooden roofs and we install um metal roofs mm-hmm. and all that goes along with that. Uh, my husband and a friend of his from our church, they completely rewired uh, two homes while yeah. we were there. And it's just, it's so, such gratifying work to know that we're helping these these kids to have a better a better life. And so great to see my kids get involved and it was a lot of it was it was very gratifying work. Well that's what we're talking about today is life. Life as we live it. Life as we forgive it. And life as we move forward. And we're gonna do that with a very special guest today. Oh, we have one of our favorites in studio today, Miss Carol Everett. And I know listening friends that you've probably heard Carol here a couple of times over the years, and we're so blessed to have her. She is the founder and president of the Heidi Group. It's a nonprofit group dedicated to helping girls and women in unplanned pregnancies make positive, life-affirming choices. She is committed to educating the pro-life movement about the day-to-day activities inside the abortion industry. She has provided expert testimony in courts across the nation, as well as tiering 33 state legislatures and Congress. She works with a network of life-affirming nonprofits across the nation. We are so grateful to have you here, Carol Everett. Welcome to Love Talk. 
Thank you. It's great to be with you. That's a long introduction, but you know, you are well known to our friends, Carol, and it is so exciting to have you here at this particular time because so many things are are changing in our nation today. A lot of them are very, very positive, and we're so excited about that. And especially, I think, in the area of life. We are there are just major things that are happening in America today as we look at life. And when we we talk about life, uh, we have been going through is is <clears throat> we said eight or ten women of the word, mm-hmm. and we this is our women in the word, women of the word. As we begin to dig into what God has to say to us as women, mm-hmm. uh, then we are equipped. And ordained to go forth and be what it is he's designed us to be. And that is to promote life. Love life with him and life with our families and and life with unborn children. And so as we think about that today, you are the Miss Mother of many, many. Not only in the state of Texas, but in our nation. Well, women of the word is a very difficult subject for me. Before there are so many wonderful women I would like to talk about. Uh, For instance, my life is unplanned pregnancies and um, affirming women and healing them from the pain of abortion and the pains in their life. But the first woman that you've got, there are two women that are really important. And the first one, of course, is Mary, for she had the ultimate unplanned pregnancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you think about what she had to endure as she walked around as a teenager, unmarried at that time or betrothed, and uh, everyone had to be talking because here she was giving birth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then even after he was born and after Joseph affirmed her, how difficult that must have been then for it was far more difficult then than it is today. Mm-hmm. But she gave birth to the ultimate unplanned pregnancy who became our Savior and Lord. Mm-hmm. So, And then, of course, Elizabeth, um, as she experienced a pregnancy late in life mm-hmm. and uh, all the things that they went through. But um, the woman that I live most with is Esther. Not because of how beautiful she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because I, I say she took time to paint and powder for three days. So she, she went <laughs> to the person that she loved. And sometimes we, you know, that's just my little principle. Well, it's really cute. She paint and powder. But I don't have a man in my life. I only have a dog. But um, but the dog doesn't want me to paint and powder. But, um, <laughs> but I, she was called for such a time as this to tell her story, to tell her life. And she went into an area where she was not known as a Jewish woman, mm-hmm. as a Jewish girl at that time. Mm-hmm. And yet, God put her in a position to save his people. And I believe we as women have to um, understand why God's called us. We have to have the scripture that he has given us. And that's not my scripture, of course. It's one of them. But my main scripture is Isaiah 41, 9 through 16. You whom I've called from the ends of the earth and called you, you are my servant. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. But I think of Esther often, for she had to count the cost. She thought she could be killed. She knew she could be walking in to die. You know, Carol, it does take commitment, and it it does. We do pay a cost price for that. You have done that with your very life uh, in this area of preserving the life of unborn children. How many of those has America lost in in your lifetime? Can you have any idea? Well, the numbers are deceiving and deceptive. They say 60 million, mm-hmm. but in 1988, 87, 88, uh, Dr. C. Everett Koop, at that time the Surgeon General, and Dr. Uh, Philip um, hmm, New, now, New, from Florida did a study, and they found that 50% of abortions were not reported. 
Yeah. So if it's just 60 million, that's horrible. If it's one, it's horrible. But if it's 120 million, but the thing that bothers me the most is our nation is scarred by abortion and we don't know it. We can be standing next to someone who has all sorts of pain and anger in their life. And you see the pain and the anger. Mm -hmm. And yet we don't recognize we're standing next to an abortion. We want to talk about that today. We do need to take our break. We come back. I want to introduce you to the Heidi that that I know, uh, Miss Carol Everett. uh, And we'll hear her story about how God spoke to her very audibly in a way that she could respond and follow him. And follow the pathway that he had laid out for her. Right after this, stay with us for Love Talk. Welcome back, friends, to today's Christian Talk. You are listening to the Love Ladies, Miss Evelyn Davison. And I am Coach Carrie Brinkader. So great to be in studio with you today. And we have Carol Everett, our great friend, joining us today. As we have been in this series of women in the Word, and we looked at all kinds of women in the Word, groups of women Single women, unwed women, prostitutes. Um, Watch it there. Oh, I know. (laughs) I I mean, all kinds of women that God used Mm -hmm. ultimately for his kingdom. Wow. And now we get to interview today's women, Mm -hmm. Miss Evelyn, who are living examples of women of the word. So, Carol Everett is joining us here today. I'd like to begin with a couple of scriptures. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that you have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life Mm. that both you and your descendants may live. Choose life says it right there in Deuteronomy. And let's look at Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I I tell you, ladies, I, I get goosebumps when I think about that and how the Lord knows us. He put us together for a reason and a purpose. He knew I was going to be loud and big and <laughs> all of these things. And he knew that Carol was going to be a champion Mm -hmm. regardless of what it means for her personal safety, regardless of what it means for, um, for her personal life. He knew that she would be a champion. Let's read that again. Psalm 139, 13 and 14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Dr. Carol, tell us, you want this? Mm -hmm. Um, Tell us your story, Dr. Carol. Let's let's start. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Psalm 139 speaks of the baby, but it speaks Mm -hmm. to the mother. Absolutely. And it speaks to us. And the first verses are, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways before a word is on my mm-hmm. tongue. You know it completely, O oh Lord. Mm-hmm. You hem me in behind him. Before that means he knows where she was. If it's rape, if it's incest, if it's one of the difficult things. God knew that. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. 
Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make Mm -hmm. my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand shall guide me. Your right hand shall hold me. This is God talking to the mother. Mm-hmm. And it's, I've always, I love the, the creation part, but we miss it if we don't think about him telling her that he knows where she is, even in the tough situations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as coming from where I came from, it was easy for me to discount that. Of course, I didn't read that scripture, but um, I had an abortion. And um, very, very little thought, typical woman, I think. I called my doctor, said, uh, I think I'm pregnant. And he said, do you want it? And I said, I don't think so. And he said, well, we'll take care of it. He didn't say you can have life. He didn't say, what does your husband think? He didn't say, he didn't counsel me for life. And I always say if one person, if just one person Mm -hmm. says to that woman, you can have this baby and we will help you, she stops. That's the work of pregnancy resource centers. They stop them. They are the front line for this. Because they can say to that woman, yes, you can. And yet, in my story, he said, bring your husband's urine, go to the hospital. Your insurance will pay for it. And when, I mean, and I didn't think about it. I just did it. My husband and I had had an agreement there would be no more children. But the moment that anesthesia wore off, I knew I was a killer. Mm. You were a killer. A killer. Mm. I had murdered murdered my own baby. Mm -hmm. How much worse can you get? And you can't share that with anyone. You can't say to your mother or your best friend or anyone, I'm depressed, I've just killed my child. But my husband didn't understand. He said we'd made the best choice we could. And um, our relationship went downhill immediately because he didn't. I didn't understand that he didn't protect me as God intended. Mm-hmm. You know, a man is to cover a woman, and he didn't cover me. And How did you move from that into the industry? I worked for a man who uh, saw a, an account come online that was very profitable. I was the first woman in medical supply sales in Dallas. That was a long time ago. And um, we investigated it. It was an abortion clinic, and he opened four abortion clinics very quickly. And And one day the call came for me out of the field to say, Carol, the director didn't show up. Will you manage the abortion clinic today? Wow. And I never left again because what I saw was the potential for profit. Money. Money. Money, honey. Money, money. And I more than I, all I did was change the sales techniques on the telephone. More than doubled his business in less than four months. But he would not share that money with me. So I took his best abortionist that I'd, my abortionist, his abortionist was my abortionist. And I'd recruited him. We started our own clinic. The first month we did 45 abortions. The last month, 545. And I remember because my commission was $25 for each abortion. You got $25 for every baby you killed, right? $13,625 the last month. But my goal was to be a millionaire. And to be a millionaire, I had to do 40,000 abortions a year. And we had a plan to surround the Dallas-Fort Worth area with five abortion clinics, and I would be a millionaire. We had two open. We were to open three more in the next year. And um, everybody in the abortion clinic had to get along in order for us to open three more. They pay for themselves the first month. They're cash cows after that. But um, everybody in the abortion clinic fights, including the partners. So we called in a man who introduced himself to us as a business counselor who said he could solve our problems by merely meeting with each of us an hour a week for four weeks. And, of course, 
I think I can talk to anybody for four hours. That's not a problem. Mm-hmm. We sat down the first time he interviewed me and the second time I interviewed him. He didn't drink. He didn't cuss. He didn't run around on his wife. He didn't fit in my world. So who was he? And I finally asked him, are you a preacher? And he said, yes. And I said, what in the world are you doing in this situation? And he said, God sent me. Oh. I thought he was crazy. I told him quickly, I had a Bible in the top right-hand drawer of my desk in the abortion clinic. I prayed every day. I didn't tell him I prayed none of those women would die. I prayed there would be a lot of abortions today. But when Mm. I told him that I tithed on all that money and he was not impressed, I had a sick feeling in the pit of my stomach that I was Mm. in trouble. He said, uh, Carol, my deacons and I have been praying for some time, and we believe there's someone inside this clinic that God wants out. And we are going to be leaving in 30 days. I must tell you, I was excited. You see, I had picked out the person I wanted him to take with him when he left. But it was not me. But he didn't stop there. He said, uh, Carol, God loves you and he knows you can't be good enough. He knows you can't work hard enough. But because he loves you so much, he made a way of escape for you. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to walk the face of the earth to live a sin-free life, and to die on the cross as the perfect sacrifice for your sins. And by this simple act of faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, your life can change. He said, I wouldn't be much of a salesman if I didn't ask you if you wanted to pray that prayer and ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. I've been a deal maker all my life. That deal was so simple. Pray that prayer. Shut that man up. But uh, this is the prayer he prayed. It was a traditional sinner's prayer, but it was, Dear God, I am a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. Thank you that he is my Lord and Savior. Reign on the throne of my heart as Lord Mm -hmm. and Savior. Amen. No, 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 no. Make me a worker in your vineyard. Amen. Now, that was the line that got me. Worker in a vineyard. Come on. Did he think I was going to go to California to work in a vineyard? (laughs) I laughed at him. I got back mm-hmm. in the car. I didn't laugh at him in his face. I shook his hand. I went back to the abortion clinic. But I laughed all the way thinking, does this crazy man think I'm going to leave all this money and go to California to work in a vineyard? What did God say to you at that point? Well, this is how God spoke to me. When I got back the abortion to the abortion clinic, everyone was crying. I'd never seen that before. I'm certain it had happened. But all those girls were sitting in the front room crying. And the I, ones that worked there or the the, no, the, the, the ones that were about patient, to go back about, for an abortion? The girls about to go back for an abortion. And so I started taking them into my office. Now, I'm the hammer, remember. I'm the mm-hmm. one that they bring to when they can't scare a girl into it. I scare her, get her money, push her through. And suddenly I start saying, no, you don't have to have an abortion. Your parents will not kill you. Your parents love you. Why don't you let me go home with you and help you talk to your parents? And at the end of that day, this is how God spoke to me. Because I was not saying I saved three babies. I was saying I lost $75. Okay, hang on, Doc. Hang on, Carol. What What were you, when those words first came out of your mouth, were you shocked? At, at, no, 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 no. You weren't, you did, no, I was still reasoning. You were still reasoning at I was that still point. processing. Okay. But this is where the processing stopped when I went back and said, okay, three I lost $75 today, and I fell to my knees in front of the abortionist's desk and prayed, Lord, if there is a Lord, if this is not where you want me, hit me over the head with a two-by-four, mm. not recognizing he had one. And the two-by-four. Two-by-four. Yeah. Wow. I didn't. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but 
The two-by-four was we were caught by the CBS Channel 4 affiliate in the Dallas-Fort Worth television market at that time attempting to do abortions on women who were not pregnant. They sent their reporters, three of them, to the doctor to be certain they weren't pregnant. They wired them for sound, sent them in our abortion clinic. We attempted to sell them abortions, put them on a sonogram table, got the view, got the bubble in the abdomen, flipped the screen around, there it is, you're pregnant, why don't you just do it today? And they aired that special 27 days after that pastor said someone would be leaving in 30 days. Mm. And all I knew it was, was it was me. I didn't know how I was going to keep two kids in college. I didn't know how I was going to make my house payment next month. But I knew God didn't want me doing abortions. That is an amazing story. I love it. I love it. It's my life. It's, you know, it is amazing, but it's amazing that God can take a hardened, hurt, vicious woman who worked 24 hours a day, seven days a week selling abortions and change her heart. But that's what he did. Mm. Friends, you can hear the emotion in, in Carol's voice as we go to break. The Lord can do an amazing work in every single one of us. You won't want to miss the rest of the story when we return to Love Talk right after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You're here with the Love Ladies and Carol Everett, who is the uh, president and founder of the Heidi Group, a nonprofit group dedicated to helping girls and women in unplanned pregnancies make positive and life-affirming choices. You just heard Carol's story that will bring emotion to the forefront as you hear how she walked away from what she describes as a money-making business. One million dollars. A a business where every day she went in counting the number of abortions as money in her pocket. Mm -hmm. And Carol, I like to call it, you got Bible slapped. You got over the head (laughs) (laughs) with a two-by-four. And you know what? The Lord radically radically changed your life how did god move over the next weeks and months in you and your life to bring you to be the founder and president of a group that helps women make life-affirming choices i think this is one of the things that's missing today in our when we lead someone to christ we just kind of pat them on the head with the bible and let them go Mm -hmm. but i was discipled the man and woman who led me to Christ spent some part of every day with me for 18 months, and they were not feeding me psychology or other things. They were feeding me Scripture. Every question was answered with Scripture. Mm. And every day I'd say, I'm scared, and they'd say, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a pound and love and sound. <laughs> I got that one. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I found the 139th Psalm, and I was having a very, um, an, I was having a quiet time. I, I Very rigid, two chapters a day. You know, and, and I got to Psalm 139. And as I read how each of us is fearfully and wonderfully knit together inside the darkness of our mother's wombs, I realized I'd been involved in the murder of 35,000 wow. babies, the death of one woman, the mm-hmm. maiming of 19 other women to the point of major surgery, hysterectomy or colostomy, and then, of course, the life of my own child. Mm-hmm. And First um, John 1, 9 is, if you confess and repent of your sins, he is faithful <laughs> and just to forgive, and that works for a lot of things. 
and it brought me to a point, and I still confess today, I have, I'm, you know, I'm over 30 years old in the Lord, 34 years old in the Lord. I still confess things, and I confess past and present, but my own abortion, I just did not feel I could be forgiven for. I just thought, God cannot forgive me. I, I mm-hmm. said no to his plan for my life. I said no to his creation. I'm murdered. How could I be forgiven? And um, the final voice was, I saw that if I was saying Jesus' blood was not enough, then I, Carol Everett, was putting him back up on the cross. Mm-hmm. And I could not do that. And so Romans 8, 1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus. And, you know, you read those scriptures over and over and over, and they start to take root in your mm-hmm. life. And uh, people talk about meditation all the time, and, and that's really good. But to me, I just have to repeat it. I just That's what works in me. I have to say things like, I trust you, Jesus, every day. I have to say that. I yes. trust you, Jesus. And um, I started to change and had no intention of ever becoming a pro-lifer. I was going to go make money, too. And I was going to sell real estate and become a millionaire. Because after all, God wanted me to be a millionaire in his kingdom, right? Wrong. Anyway, uh, I came down here April the 15th, 1984. Why did you come to Austin? I came because the pro-life movement found me and asked me to do a two-minute testimony. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it was. And as I walked in there, there were my old friends, and um, they were all hissing. It really sounded like hissing to me. I'd never heard it before. And I ran outside, and I sat on one of those big old rocks we still have by the Reagan building, and I said, Lord, Lord, Lord. And I pulled out my Bible, and the night before, my church had prayed for me, and one of the uh, uh, deacons, elders, had walked over and said, Carol, it's Isaiah 41, 9 through 10. And I opened my Bible to Isaiah 41, 9 through 10. And it says, You whom I've taken from the ends of the earth and call from its farthest corners. And if the abortion industry is not the farthest corners. It goes on to say, Do not fear. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And I read that and I went back in. And I read a script that there is no question to me that God wrote because I can't write anything like that. (laughs) And told a very nebulous story about, I didn't tell the truth. I couldn't tell it. I wasn't healed enough to tell it then. But I told the beginning of it. Because what I've learned is that God reveals layer after layer after layer. And at that point, I was not healed enough to tell much. But people started calling me and asking me to speak one night a week, two nights a week. And before long, I evolved into working in education. But I found my true love, which is pregnancy centers. Because they're on the front lines and they're helping. And what I love to do is to raise money for them. And then uh, we started the Heidi Group when I moved here to be near my oldest grandchild. And um, started the Heidi Group. And now we've evolved into a clinic for low-income women that does two things. Of course, we're a pregnancy resource center. But we provide full medical care for women in great need. Mm -hmm. And uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, a woman accidentally found us who said, I didn't have the money. I have a four-month-old, and I'm pregnant again. Our uh, nurse practitioner saw her. She came to me and said, Carol, that girl's got to come back this afternoon. I've ordered some blood work. I think that's an ectopic. She came back that afternoon after the blood work came and affirmed that it was a pregnancy, that she was pregnant in her tube, mm. and uh, she was about to get on an airplane. And it was six weeks along. And that had great potential to burst, to, And uh, she would have died if she were in an airplane. Long story short, we were able to help that girl. And, uh, of course, we couldn't save that baby. But we helped that woman. Now, she is the mother to a four-month-old 
and she has her fertility. And that will keep me going a very long time. That story alone, for that girl did not have one red cent and was in a very destructive relationship, very tough place. So we're serving those women. And, of course, I still get my feet wet and go down to the Capitol and tell them what I think. <laughs> well, I want us to talk a little bit about the Capitol. You know, it um, um, it's not truthful. No. I, I don't know how else to say it. And, I, you know, I've spent many years just going down there praying and talking to this one and that one. And um, we have such a strong organization that it works there, and you are part of that. And you went through a period where you had an opportunity to do this on a big scale. Can you give us a brief subscri- uh, description of what that was and what happened and what is going on today in that regard? I sat on a panel with 12 other people, three pro-lifers, and nine people that were going to say they were pro-life. And I knew that um, the money had been changed in Texas so that Texas funds could not go to abortion providers. But I knew that they were going to say that they didn't provide abortions and accept those funds. And I thought, well, why can't pro-lifers take that money? And so we applied for it and were granted that $7 million in funds. We never got that much, but we were granted that much. And I have now found that from day one there was a plot to get us out. Yeah. Mm. They kept saying, if you can do this, no, uh, we, the abortion providers can't get back in. And the reporters would say to me, they're going to get you out. And they put together a plot of lies that you would not believe about me. They have a whole program of lies, and they can whip it out at any time, and yes. they do. And it's persisted over three years, and they finally, the state renewed us September 1, 2018, and terminated us six weeks later, October 11th. 2018 for convenience they didn't did not for terminate convenience. us did not terminate us for cause we were terminated for convenience and i will tell you that our ter- contract terminated december the 11th and here we are at the end of march and we are still working to clear out all of those everything with the state to close it out it's been an impossible situation it was impossible from the beginning i didn't realize that they only had 12 of our 33 providers in there they say we had 3000 We serve 3,300. We have in our office over 30,000 RNSs that we served. Mm -hmm. But we can't prove it because they never put it in the program. They never, we had some, they had someone over at Medicaid that kept us from being counted properly. It was the biggest lie every day I've ever seen. And it, it changed every day, every week, two or three times. It was, it was horrible. Um, How do you keep your pregnancy centers afloat right now? Well, the Lord has provided. Okay. The Lord has provided. Through donations from the general public uh, since this grant money has been... Well, we will never get... We whisk are, away. Yes. Well, we, we, we were an agency that ran about $2.9 million. We did run about that much. But remember, we were serving women with that. And we had 33 providers across the state serving women that were never counted. Mm-hmm. So... Um, we'll not ever be back there, but we are. The Lord is providing. We will certainly accept donations if anyone's listening and wants to provide one. But mm-hmm. yeah. God is good, and all I remember is in December, which if this was the high water mark, in December, in our office, 15 women came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You know, it is amazing to me the byways that the Lord goes today, uh, and I see that in your life, Carol. I've seen it all these years that we've known each other. That the enemy of Easter brings against us, and especially during the time that our legislator uh, body is fighting 
life and death every day. Mm-hmm. It never changes. No. No, it doesn't. And you said it so clearly. It, there is evil down there. Mm-hmm. There is evil. And I don't know how much you want me to tell you, but I will tell you that they have a plan to take over Texas. Yeah. They have a, the liberals have a plan to take over Texas. They're going to put $20 million into House races in this next election cycle. We only have a majority of about 13 conservatives right now. They will wipe that out, and Texas will go crazy the way the crazies want us to. You know, one of the helpers that has been so uh, present is Jonathan Science. Yes, Jonathan's a great man. Uh, Tell me a little bit about what he does. We have about a minute because I know you all are partners in a lot of things. Jonathan is broad. He has family values on every level. I'm pretty limited in my life issue and women issue, but he covers all of it. He covers the uh, homosexual issue. He covers life, too. But he covers uh, taxes. He covers it all, but he does it from a conservative standpoint. And Jonathan Sines is doing a great work through Texas Values, and we certainly need to support him in prayer and financially. It's called Texas Values, and his mission statement is a nonprofit organization that seeks to preserve and advance a culture of family values in the state of Texas. They stand for biblical Judeo-Christian values by ensuring Texas is a state in which religious liberty flourishes, families prosper, and every human life is valued. Mm-hmm. So I can I can understand the um, the merging of y'all's two worlds mm-hmm. many many times. Um, and he's he's done a great that great job with his organization Texas Values. Well, friends, we have one more break to take. Please listen uh, through the break as we have wonderful sponsors who are ready and willing to serve you uh, with just a phone call. And they love Miss Evelyn and love talking and have been with us for many years. We'll be back with Carol Everett right after this. Okay. Hello, friends. Welcome back to today's Christian Talk here on 1120 AM, 101 FM, The Bridge. I'm giggling because Evelyn and Carol have been friends for many, many years, and they're just cracking me up with their <laughs> their stories and their absolute love and respect for one another, each in their own right, just champions and stalwarts in um in praising our Lord and living their lives in such a way that would glorify their Savior. What I just, I feel so small when I'm in a room with women who are so amazing. Yeah, but you're um, our energy, honey. Well, yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Don't ever feel we small. we got to keep up with you. <laughs> I, guess the, I guess the moral of that story is surround yourselves with people, surround yourself with people who are wiser and who know more and who can mentor you in a way that glorifies your Savior. You know, a lot of times we get involved in our own little worlds, in our own little spaces, and when we branch out and we really um, you know, look for people to mentor us, it's, it's such a blessing. It's just an absolute blessing. Carol, you, you've unabashedly told us your story today, and just the emotion as as you walk through your journey with all of us is um, in some ways for you, I think, still raw and it always will be. Um, but what a blessing and what restoration the Lord has worked in your life. Uh, you know, earlier we talked about the word feminism. And I think so many times in our maybe in our conservative circles, we, we think of that as a dirty word. It's been so distorted 
um, as as over the years, right? And radical feminism is, is a term that I think describes the word in a way that I don't necessarily like. We've learned in this series, though, what about true feminine, the the, the true female voice. And how real feminism does not disparage or degrade men or others in order to improve the standing of women. Of, of women, Real feminism does not sacrifice the lives of the innocent in order to make life easier. But instead, real feminism faces difficult challenges with courage. It engages with respect and it seeks true wisdom in working toward dynamic solutions to a future that's filled with hope. So, Carol, help us walk through that a little bit. How do you think or why do you think the current liberal activist version of feminism has become so popular, even though it ultimately hurts those it claims to help? Well, first I'm going to step back and talk about feminism in the Bible. Yeah, go ahead. Proverbs 31, woman. Was a feminist. Always precious. She was a feminist. She was living it all. Absolutely. She was balanced. She was loving. She took care of her family. Mm-hmm. She had work. She worked. She did it all. Yeah. And I think today it's been distorted. And I think it's, of course, been used against men because now yeah. you never know. Men don't know how to treat us anymore. I know. They're always worried about us. But I think the problem that we see today are angry, hurt women. Yes, ma'am. And when I see a woman who's yeah. had an abortion, who's clenching her fist and gritting her teeth, I go, she is not healed. She's not dealing with her mm-hmm. own problems. And I think that's where we are with feminism. You're seeing this huge number of women that are so angry. What are they angry for? Is it rape? Is it incest? Is it abortion? What kind of pain in her past has brought her to the point of being so angry? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you've got to befriend those women and work with them and love them to get them to let down. But that's they're so upset about whatever their pain is, they're never going to admit it. So when I see one of them, I just pray for them and I try to let them know I'm there for them, but they are not open because of their pain. Well, and, and kind of almost looking for a, de- a fight or a debate about yes. everything, right? Whereas the Bible commands us to live our lives through joy. Yes. Um, as Miss Evelyn says, joy, Jesus over you, um, or Jesus, others, and you. And uh, just like you said, just this, this distortion of the, this word feminism causes people to be angry about things mm-hmm. instead of seeking seeking solutions. So, Carol, wow, just, just what a journey. Uh, you mentioned right before our break last time that you were mentored every single day for 18 months and that that made such an impact on your life. Tell us how women can find you, how you mentor. Just, just, just tell us a little bit more about how to get in touch with you. I probably need to finish that. Yeah, finish that. That'd they were they every day for 18 months. Yes, ma'am. And then I officed with them for years. Oh, wow. And they are still in my life. Mm-hmm. They still are in their life. And two of their children are on my board. Nice. Who keep me straight. <laughs> so um, Focused. I, yes. Mm-hmm. I don't think discipleship or mentorship ends. I think it's an ongoing process mm-hmm. because a person is developing, and you have to watch how they're developing and know what the next scripture is and know what the next pain is and, and be there for them when they are in pain. Uh, Jack Shaw is the man who led me to Christ, and when all of this was going so horrible, he called me and said, What's going on? You haven't called me. And I said, I haven't had time, but I will. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I think that it's important for us to find those women and those men in our lives. And, of course, I'm not going to disciple a man. 
but a woman. And there are young women all around us who want to be discipled. And we at the Heidi Group do that. And it's Heidi Group. And we have a DBA of the Heidi Clinic. And we are in Round Rock. And we are open for business for whatever the needs are that walk through our door. Is it um, an unplanned pregnancy? Is it a health need? What is it? Or is it just that she's decided she needs help with her abortion, that she wants to heal from her pain? Mm. And we may not do it, but we have people who do it. And so we're there to help those women at every level. And it's not... um, Most women don't walk in the front door and say to you, I'm hurting from my abortion. Mm. It's another pain, and you have to work with them to hear the real truth. But I still believe we're a hurting nation for both men and women from abortion. So the Heidi Group, you can find that on Facebook very easily, Heidi Group, H-E-I-D-I Group. And uh, just go there, like the page, and they are a wealth of information for women's health, and you can find ways there to contact them. Now, Carol, Evelyn, we would be remiss today as we talk about life if we did not mention the new movie coming out called Unplanned. Uh, This is a movie about um, an abortion clinic director in Bryan, Texas, who was radically changed, much like Dr. Carol or Carol here. I keep saying that, much like Carol Everett here. Um, and they've made a movie. And Carol, um, this is a great movie. I think I'm going to take my teenagers. I know Kathy's going to take her teenagers. But who else needs to see this movie? I, I don't want us to do what we normally do on a pro-life movie. We just take pro-lifers. Mm-hmm. I want us to take some pro-choice people, some people right. on the, on, even out of our church perhaps, who say, oh, you know, Planned Parenthood really does good things. Um, they do well-woman exams and they do other things. Let them go see about the largest abortion provider in the nation, Planned Parenthood. Let them understand what happens in an abortion. That, you know, most of them don't understand how that works. So it'll be a good opportunity. But take those people that are on the edge if you can. Get some people to walk through that. I know that last night in Kentucky or some other state, a man walked in afterwards to a pastor and said, 40 years ago I had an abortion. And he was able to pray for forgiveness and pray Christ as his personal Savior last night. Mm-hmm. So that's what we pray will happen. And many will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and understand their pain and let go of it. And there will be pastors at almost every theater. Mm-hmm. What do you see uh, God developing in the days ahead for Heidi Group? I think the Heidi Group is going to continue the health care because I see that as um, furthering the cause of a pregnancy center. Pregnancy resource centers do a great job. But are we sending them back to an abortion provider? Are we sending them back to Planned Parenthood when we say, you can, we can't do birth control. We can't do your physical. We can't do your pap smear. We need to be everything. And let's talk about birth control because that's always an issue with the pro-life movement. How do we do deal with that? I am convinced if you tell a woman the truth about what those drugs do to her body, women don't choose destructive things for their body. So we need to be telling these women, educating them, because when they go to Planned Parenthood or to an abortion provider, they're going to be given a low-dose birth control pill that she will not take accurately, so she will get pregnant, and she will come back as a customer. Mm -hmm. So we need to be there to tell her the truth about what's happening. I think it's important. But the interesting thing about us is the majority of our people are not single teenagers. They're married women. Really? We've had some young ones, but, you know... Life can change for anyone, whether you're yes. married or unmarried. Yes. And it is so exciting to me, Carol, to pray for you on the days that I get out <laughs> to you through the alphabet. Uh, it is important for us to involve ourselves in this type of movement to teach our young people. Life is life. Yes. 
And Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Our theme this year for NDP and for our prayer teams, and we would ask you to do this, it is love one another. Mm-hmm. Love yes. one another. And then Jesus gives the direction, just the way I have loved you. Oh, yes. And so we have to come to that point where we realize God does love us. He yes. loves every life. And uh, and come to the point where we make that decision. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. God loves every life. And, Carol, I heard you tell a story um, as we were standing in the hall earlier before the show today. You said that 15 women uh, came to know Christ through the Heidi group and through the mentors there in, in December. And that one woman said, I'm, I'm, I'm not clean enough. I, can't, I cannot pray that prayer, Carol. I cannot do that. I'm just not clean enough. You know what, friends? God, God already knows every single thing. Your dirtiness is no different than my dirtiness. It's no different than Evelyn or Carol. There's no, there's no grading system here. Mm-hmm. Jesus wants us all. Mm-hmm. He wants us all broken. He wants every single bit of us. Mm-hmm. That's what he wants. It doesn't matter to him what you've been through. Because, friends... What matters to him is what you're going to do with your life after you receive him as your personal savior. Mm-hmm. And how you use that pain and how you use that brokenness to impact others for the kingdom of Christ. Look at Carol and how she's used her pain. She's used her brokenness. She's used a time in her life that took her to her knees to absolutely impact women and men that love those women. Jesus Mm -hmm. to bring people into his kingdom because friend there's nothing that we can do there's nothing that we can do we'll never be good enough but under the blood of Jesus Christ he welcomes us into his kingdom friends we pray that you'll find a church that loves the Lord that preaches the word we pray that tomorrow you will darken the doors of that place and that you will be, be received with open arms that people will love on you. And Christian friends, I tell you this right now. Love on people. Everybody has something that they're going through. And you know what? Let's walk through it with them. Until next time, friends, I'm Coach Carrie Brinkater, Miss Evelyn Davison. Until next time on Love Talk, we'll see you then next Saturday, 2 o'clock. Take care.